In these readings from both the Old Testament and New Testament, we notice that as we look and we hear from them, they show us that in the entirety of salvation history and everything that was revealed through sacred scripture, through sacred tradition, we notice that God reveals himself as a trinity of persons. And we might say, why is that? Why does God reveal himself as a trinity of persons? He could have kept that secret, I guess. But I notice how it unfolds at the same time that he's trying to save humanity, offering us a new plan for salvation. It was in that context as he's reaching out to humanity. In his original design, we were meant to have eternal life with God and experience that glory with which he made us in his image and likeness. But we messed it up because of sin. We turned away from God and tried to find a different way, a counterfeit way. And as God calls us back to himself, he reveals that he is a trinity of persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, a communion of love. And he invites us to participate in that communion of love. He invites us to know him. He invites us to love him. And he shows us how to love. He takes on our human flesh. And then in an ultimate act of gift of self, completely pouring himself out for us, he goes to his death on the cross so that we might have life and might have it abundantly, having it to the fullest. He would restore humanity to that glory for which we were made, but we lost because we turned towards sin. So he tasted death that we might be raised to the life of the Trinity. He shows us the pattern of being a gift of self for the good of others. Nothing is held back. This is true love. And then when we leave these walls today, when we go back out to the world, we're going to go out to a world that uses the word love to promote evil sometimes. How can we tell the true love from the counterfeits? We might be able to ask ourselves this. Does this lead to the ultimate good of the other? Does it lead to this person entering into the life of the Trinity for eternity? If so, it might be true love. And when we study or meditate on this mystery of the Holy Trinity, we are drawn into that mystery of love. And we notice that this loving God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that they create out of love creating also humanity out of love and their image and likeness. So then it necessarily follows that we human beings, by our very nature, have a demand placed on us to love. We have to love ourselves appropriately because we have God's image on us. And of course, everyone else that we meet, we have to love appropriately because that person is also made in God's image. So what is God modeling for us to imitate? This principal characteristic is this communion of personal love in the Trinity. So we imitate the Trinity when we participate in a communion of love. And I think a very good example of this is married love between husband and wife. In the communion of marriage, husband and wife are imitating God as a communion of persons. In living out that sacrament of marriage, they give praise to God as it is lived out because it's that pattern that he sets forth before us, this pattern of self-giving love. 
So I imagine that those of you who are married might agree that it is a self-giving love. It is a sacrificial love. And we see that sacrificial love of the son to the father every time we look at a crucifix. We notice that it's not a love of emotion. The Lord isn't feeling good about giving himself on the cross. It's not a romantic love, but it's one that is a gift of full self. God has revealed himself as an eternal exchange of love. And we are called to imitate that exchange of love in sacrificial ways, carrying our own crosses for the good of others, just as Jesus did for the love of the Father, because the Father loves us. And because it is self-giving love, we also notice that it's a fruitful love. It's not sterile. Something comes from it. Some say that the love of the Father and the Son is so fruitful that the love between them is the person of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to never explain the Trinity in this lifetime. But we notice how married love is also a fruitful love, bringing about new life. That love becomes incarnate. It takes on flesh. It's a generative love. New human life becomes the symbol of the fruitful love between husband and wife. And then we can think of many ways that are present in our culture that show some kind of a counterfeit to this true love. But with a strong, sacrificial, married love, the family can stay intact. But of course, without it, the family would dissolve. And as families dissolve and crumble, then society dissolves and crumbles because society is made up of families. So that's where the evil one is going to attack. If the evil one can take down the family, the evil one can take down society. Without the family, there's little chance of hearing the good news of Christ. A 14th century theologian once pointed out that we experience the sweetness of the Trinity within us in proportion that we are conformed to the Trinity. So that's our task today as we enter into these sacred mysteries. To open ourselves to that supernatural grace, the life of God, as he, as he invites us into his own life in the Trinity, that we might be more and more like that communion of persons. And besides loving God, the highest human priority then would be loving the, the divine image in each one of us, as I said before, loving ourselves appropriately and choosing the good of the other. So this means then that we strive for purity of heart for ourselves and for others, because in that purity of heart, we have room to experience the love of the Trinity. We notice that the Trinity is active love, and we are called to imitate that active love. We are designed to share of ourselves, to be a gift of self. We're designed to choose the good of the other in an act of the will. And as we share ourselves, we notice it is then that we are building up the kingdom of God. I believe in one, one God. God.